welcome to the Circles and Squares News Report for Monday, April 11th, 2022. Um, I'm James, and that's Katie, and that makes this part of the Circles and Squares PlayStation podcast. Um, Kate, welcome to the show once again. How are you today? Thank you. It's it's nice to be here. Um, you know, I've I've had a really good gaming weekend, played some Mario Party and some Wii Party. Nice. Uh, you know, and, and those are, I don't even think I lost any friends. So it's been a good time. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned you're playing some Nintendo stuff because I've been playing Paper Mario. I know on the show last mm-hmm. week I talked about being into Star Fox 64, went through that is obviously really short. But then ever since then, mm-hmm. I saw Paper Mario kind of on that Nintendo 64 online thing and I clicked that and I just haven't looked back. It's been yeah. addicting and such a nostalgia trip. That is amazing. I have a funny, actually, wee story for you before we get started here today. And it's just, like it's just such a funny thing. So we're gonna play uh Wii Party, which is basically like a Mario Party like minigame kind of thing. Um, but we figure like we all have to make some Mies on my buddy's Wii because like you, you know, you play you play as yourself and like, you know, it's kinda of funny. So we you know, anyone who didn't have one, we took turns, we made a character. And as we were going through and looking at like the Mies on the screen, it's been years since my friend has like booted yeah, up his Wii, yeah. right? And so he turned on and he was looking at them. We're like, oh, who's that? We're like, who's that? Who's that funny one? And there was some guy, I think his name was like Carl. We're like, who's that? And he's like, oh, that's Carl, my old friend. He's like, actually, we're not friends anymore. And he deleted Carl. <laughs> and we were cracking up like, that's the ultimate petty thing to do. Deleting a when me, you, like, yeah. Yeah, you get in a fight with someone, you go on your Wii and you delete their, their custom Wii. <laughs> but then the funny part was we like got into game right away. And I don't know if like the game just hadn't updated or like how it works on that server, but like, we were picking our characters and it's like, okay, pick which which me you are. And Carl was an option, but he was just like a blacked out silhouette. Like, like as if it was like- <laughs> To remind like you that you murdered him. Target. Yeah, gone. and it's like, he's he's gone, but he's we'll never forget him. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Well, sorry about that, Carl. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's great. But we just laughed. We're like, that's one step up from like changing your Netflix password is like right, going right. and deleting their me. Right. That's like, yeah, that's the ultimate form. Yeah, for sure. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about PlayStation news today uh, and other gaming news as well, not just uh, Nintendo politics. So we'll get into that. But just I wanted to remind everyone before the show gets fully going that we have a lot of listeners out there that we see who watch us on YouTube and don't subscribe. So if you're one of those people, do us a favor. We're trying to get up to 50 subscribers just to get a nice round number. So three more get to that point. If you're one of those people, help us out. Thank you very much. Um, and one other piece of news is that uh, we actually are, as far as PlayStation news today, we're just talking more about some rumors, discussing kind of our feelings, how likely they might be, because we talked about all the important PlayStation-focused news on our last episode um, on Monday, which was episode 53 of our um, Circles and Squares podcast show. And that covers all of the Spartacus stuff, the PlayStation Plus updates, um, some really big news on that show, actually. So go check that one out. And today we're just going to chill with some rumors talk about uh, the BAFTA Game Awards and a few other things as well. So let's get right into that, Kate. I've assembled a little collection of PlayStation rumors around the internet, Mm -hmm. and we're just going to talk about them. You know, let's just see how we feel. So the first one, and this is kind of not completely PlayStation focused, is that Quantic Dream, one of our studios that we like these, we were just talking about how we were ranking these games, and Detroit did so well on our combined 25 list. Um, Heavy Rain did well too. But um, anyway, Quantic Dream is rumored to be um, getting purchased by a company called NetEase. Kind of this, uh, it's a Chinese tech company that sort of has investment in a lot of um, games and other tech companies as well. And they already have, a, I think I, the article says, a small investment in Quantic Dream. So they're just looking to maybe buy it outright. Um, interesting stuff, and especially since there's been a lot of 
I guess, studios being bought recently. So how do you feel about this? I feel like it's kind of surprising because you would have thought this would have been like an obvious one for PlayStation to pick up and their sweep of studios because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think all of their games are console exclusive for Sony I think anyway. Beyond wasn't. I think Maybe that Beyond one, wasn't? I'm going to look it up. Just give me a sec. Okay, because I know Heavy Rain in Detroit, they're on Steam, uh, they're on PC, but they are definitely oh, yeah. only on Beyond only on Windows as well. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. True, yeah, that's interesting. Hmm. I never, I didn't even put that together. I was under the impression Beyond was on Xbox, so that theory. It's interesting, right? I, I guess because they already own part of the company, maybe, because I know there's like always the, the talk of like kind of um, toxic work culture type of thing. Like maybe PlayStation's just like, oh, we shouldn't buy these guys and you mm-hmm. know, make that official and then make ourselves kind of under some fire indirectly. So maybe that's something NetEase doesn't care about. Um, not too sure, but interesting. Second rumor, uh, where are we at here? I've got a few listed down, is that um, Ratchet & Clank Going Commando, which is the 2003 sequel um, to the original Ratchet & Clank, will be coming to the new PlayStation Plus service because um, I think there was a tweet put out by Insomniac themselves kind of being like, oh, this game still looks pretty beautiful. And so <laughs> to me, that one seems very realistic because we know they're going to be putting a bunch of like PS1, PS2 on the new service. And, you know, Ratchet & Clank just makes a lot of sense. They just had Rift Apart last year. It's a pretty um, recognizable game franchise, I guess. It just, it just seems to make sense. Yeah, I would honestly be surprised if there was a Ratchet & Clank game that, like, I guess maybe, like, some of the PSP spinoffs. But, like, I would assume all the mainline games are going to be on there. It's like, you know, like, all, like, Crash, Spyro, Ratchet, like, you know, Sly Cooper, I would imagine they would mm-hmm. all be on there as, like, you know the 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 reasons to pick up the retro collection it would make sense yeah how do you feel about the angle of like maybe they're focusing to to like really show you this one in particular because what if they're going to remaster it like they did the original um in 2016 because now that they've done rift apart maybe they'll do like what pokemon Mm -hmm. does and like alternate a remake and then a new game with two different teams yeah, I guess that makes sense because I think Somniac is working on something new. I think they're working on Wolverine as well, right? They're working on maybe Wolverine is what the the new thing ended up being, but and as well as Spider Man too, as well. Yeah, because they also had that. Um, was it them that had that rumor that they were doing something co op? Was it them? I thought it, that might have been Housemark. Or maybe you're right. I think it was them because I think we've still thought like, what if it's a Ratchet and Clank? Like one person mm-hmm, plays mm-hmm. Ratchet, one person plays. You're right. Um, you're right. Rivet. So. I mean, yeah. maybe it seems like they've got a lot of stuff going on, but that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, unless they're giving it to Bluepoint or something like that, that Ooh. could be. I thought Bluepoint was making something new, though. Yeah, so you never get into know. layers of rumors. So yeah, you get all these rumors, and they they cross each other. And at what point do you just have to just, you know, yeah, like call yeah. it quits? <laughs> You're like basing your information off of other rumors, and it's just getting all confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, your little conspiracy <laughs> theory once yeah. you <laughs> once you Ex- get there. Exactly. Um, our third rumor is from Comic Book Gaming. These are all from, the first two were from uh, PlayStation Lifestyle.net. Mm-hmm. Just to give credit to those. But the third one, I don't know if it's as much a rumor as like an observation, <laughs> which is that um, uh, the popular PlayStation franchise Killzone is officially dead and will never be coming back. Um, and they, the article kind of goes to list, you know, a pretty, I don't know if I would ever say important, but it was like a reasonably popular shooter for the playstation around the time like halo was really big on the 3 and it just kind of never gained a lot of ground and then sort of fell off and now that gorillas make 
Horizon, which is super successful, and like, why would they? They're at least probably going to make a third entry in that game before anything else. And um, yeah, just they're saying Killzone's never coming back. And I mean, on one hand, maybe it's not, but on the other hand, those also could be games that could be like maybe the retro ones at least come to the uh, PlayStation Premium. Yeah, PlayStation Premium seems about right. What's funny is this this is like, yeah, rumor that Killzone's dead. And it's not a good sign for Killzone's like longevity. When you hear that, like, you know, like snappy, like attention catching title, and you go, wait, which one was Killzone? <laughs> like, <laughs> when was the last time anyone ever like mentioned Killzone? So yeah, I think I think this is like, if anything, unfortunately old news. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's like weird yeah. to even to even write this, right? But you know, the thing is, though, I wouldn't say anything's ever officially dead. Like, you see some yeah. games that kind of come out of nowhere. You never know, like, maybe in 10 years in the future, like, first-person shooters will just come so back into fashion even more than they are at this point. And, like, PlayStation's like, you know what? Let's try it again. <laughs> you know, there's, I don't think there's ever yeah. a never-say-never moment. Yeah, 100%. exactly. And, it's like, yeah, there will, there will always be potential for, like, yeah, a remaster, like, you know 37 years later and it's like oh shit i remember that game 37 yeah. years later yeah imagine being like 60 Kill and you're like oh killzone <laughs> <laughs> i'm calling it 37 years killzone's coming back yeah write it down folks someone <laughs> let us know in 37 years right in um our last rumor is actually a uh it's an it's like a series of rumors within a rumor um there was apparently a leak from one of the ubisoft's upcoming uh game showcases with some games that are apparently going to be shown off so we're going to go through these and um, do what we think some of them i think they're listing in the article from push square are more of like sure bets so i think i'm going to leave those out but the first one was mm -hmm. the crew three um apparently that's rumored i don't really know anything about the crew other than playstation driving game which didn't seem to be super popular so maybe it's a bit surprising getting mm -hmm. a third game i don't know if i would really love to believe that Especially since Gran Turismo just came out as well, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of strange. Um, the second one was an Immortals Phoenix Rising sequel, which that's pretty interesting. People mm -hmm. really seem to like that game at like, the launch of the PS5. Uh, the third one is a new Prince of Persia game, but in addition to the um, Sands of Time remake that we already saw, I think, last year. And this one would be more of a, like a 2D platformer in the vein of an Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And that, to me, sounds like very cool. That was to be a um, And then the final one, and maybe the one I feel like could be the most interesting, is um, an Assassin's Creed small-scale spin-off code named Rift, and apparently that would be focused on stealth. So I wonder if that would be related at all to that online mode that you were talking about last episode, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I doubt it. And also, that one confused me, because, like, aren't all Assassin's Creed games... Uh like still focused <laughs> i think i think some of the newer ones like the valhalla and the the um oh, okay was the one in egypt before action. they were a little bit less stealth and more like character action sort of oh, okay i see so yeah. it's almost like taking it back to its roots because assassin's creed for me although i've only played like um the first three entries in the series was very like stealth focused mm. so maybe a throwback um, to that then throwback um yeah these sound kind of neat the prince of persia one is a series i've like always known about and never been into but just calling it like an ori kind of thing <laughs> seems cool because it's got like this you know it's a neat setting and they have that like rewind mechanic is neat so i could see that yeah. being interesting for a platformer similar to something like ori you could make that mechanic 
yeah and give you some like a lot of creativity for for a level design. makes me think of uh that remember that really i mean one of the og like indie darlings braid that platformer yeah. where you could rewind time like there could be sort of puzzles like that i guess no mm -hmm. i feel like there hasn't been a game like that in quite a while um like really since braid i can really put same feeling towards as that i guess it, so let's do let's do a thing here which of these do you think is the most unlikely let's 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 do a quick ranking here i think we can safely put the crew at the bottom that just okay to me that doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense that that's fair i don't know anything about the crew and so therefore i am okay just like slapping it at the bottom um i think the assassin's creed one is maybe the most likely even really? just for the fact that they just make so many games and so like even if you're just kind of like shooting like shooting randomly like you're bound to hit something with assassin's creed <laughs> right yeah yeah that's true <laughs> so like yeah. you know even if they're building like what assassin's creed like 27 or whatever the newest one is they might also be building a small scale exactly selfie yeah. one so exactly it's never off the table <laughs> that's such a good point you know what like that assassin's creed really is that franchise so you're not wrong yeah. i think that probably could be the most the most likely the the other two i feel are kind of neck and neck is in terms of likelihood i wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if the, like if it only makes sense there would be a sequel to immortals but i feel like it seems very soon to be shown that considering yeah. the first game's quite large and it only just came out like last year it seems it seems yeah. like maybe at least a year too early unless that's it's... what that's what i was thinking i'd be like almost expecting more something like a dlc for it um but i don't know that game like and i yeah a game like that too takes a long time to develop i guess if they're building it in the same kind of world and they're so they're able to reuse a lot of the right. asset and the engine for the first game um but i don't know that's that's a game that's been on my list to to play for quite a while and it just never quite like breaches the top of the list yeah that's but the thing the world just looks so much fun and when we played that demo for stadia the narrator was like a bl absolute blast so it just looks like such a charming game i want that to be true mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah yeah my bias might be getting in the way but i i want to go for phoenix <laughs> that's interesting i i feel like i would actually prefer the prince of persia one just because i mean i love those ori style games those metroidvanias mm -hmm. but also i feel like ubisoft if I mean, maybe I'm getting a bit specific with what I would want, but it would be cool if it was sort of in that UB Arts engine that like that, uh, what's it called? Valiant Hearts and those oh, other really beautiful kind yes. of artistic, um, like yes. painterly style games. Like if they were, if they managed to go for a really nice art style like that, because one of the things about Ori that's so nice is amazingly beautiful, detailed art in the world. And so if they could do something sort of like that, but with Prince of Persia and, and add in some nice platforming and puzzles and whatnot, I think that could be really Okay, you have sold me because while well, I'm not a massive Ubisoft person, their French division that mm -hmm. made Valiant Hearts and a couple other games, I think that is a beautiful game and I would love to see them with more projects that yeah. way. So, yeah. If it so was exciting. that team, if it was that team, <laughs> yeah. I would be so down. Yeah, let that team make it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm, I'm probably the most excited for that, actually. Out of all of these things, I want that to be true based off of your random guess about it <laughs> <laughs> right right my, my yeah. ideation of what i would like and then mm -hmm. uh remember folks if that's not the case though we can't be disappointed because that's right. never been said by them that's my information yeah that's true and also it's a rumor to begin with that's so. right that's right we're just piling on all right well i guess that's all the rumors we actually have for playstation for now so let's move into the out of town news and we have some interesting stuff to start with 
um, BAFTA, the 70, uh, 75th year actually happened. This is the uh, British Film Academy Awards, but I think they have a, they have a gaming division, obviously, games, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of awards as well. So, I mean, just going through the list here, there's obviously a, a link everyone can go see with the full list, but I think we'll just talk about some of our highlights here. And I know one thing that's going to stand out to you right away, Returnal, again, so successful. Yes, and not just successful, but like it took the best game award as well. Like it, we got, I think it got music and audio achievement, um, which at least one of those it won at the like. I think it won audio design. Traditional game awards. Yeah. yeah it, it won audio design, I think. So we got audio design and music, which like clearly a standout selling point of the game. Um, but then Returnal also did take best game. And it's just so exciting to see. I think like it deserves it so much. And actually, as well, um, Jane Perry is um, she won best performing like a leading role, and oh, that's wow. Celine for right. Returnal as well. So, right, yeah, I was going to ask if you knew job. who that was. I didn't, I didn't uh, put that together. Wow. Mm -hmm. So really, yeah. so really, because this is voted on by sort of industry people in the industry, and what and just see the respect Returnal gets, and, and yeah, it'll, it's just one of those well, games. It's I think it's what I've been saying this whole time. It's one of those sleeper hits that not enough people played it yeah but everyone who did play it is it's a special experience uh speaking of special experiences one that i really want to point out here is unpacking really did a one oh uh, a lot i mean it won mm -hmm. it won um the ee game of the year which is best as i could tell from kind of reading the site is the, the sort of the fan voted game of the year so yeah. that's saying something i always feel when it's like such a small indie game and i know it gets mm -hmm. talked about quite a bit online but it's still like i mean doesn't have the sort of huge sales and huge like sort of mouth like some ratchet and clank or all those so it's it's cool to see it mm -hmm. win that for fan vote and also at one um narrative as well for second award and i think that's so cool because the game has like you know less than 100 lines of dialogue total right and and yet it tells such yeah. a powerful story so i think it's um, a really special game in that way too I'm, I'm really glad to see it getting recognized here and i know it, it got recognized at other shows as well yeah, absolutely. And I, I was just saying to you before the before we started recording as well, like unpacking is like just increasing. Like it is getting so high on my list. Like I have such an itch to play this game. And just seeing this here really solidifies like, you know, I'm I just pick up a month of game pass just to just to yeah, play unpacking. You really could. You really could. Um the other one I want to shout out, and this is a game I haven't played, but I actually found out about maybe just a week ago. And I think it's fascinating. But this game before your eyes won game yes. beyond entertainment and so i don't know if you've heard about this game. i have heard a bit about it it seems um, incredibly cool it seems so cool and it seems like something that like you can only experience in a video game like that is the only medium where something like this works um but what it does is it, it's a very story driven game um and i think you actually have to hook up like a webcam yeah to play the game and so you're experiencing stories, I think, kind of out of order, um, maybe like different characters, and you're sort of flitting in and out of scenes. But the, the way it works is that it tracks your eye movements with the webcam. And when you blink, that's when you switch scenes. So you can be in the middle of something and you're really interested and you want to see what happens, but then you blink and you're somewhere else and you just, yeah. it seems chaotic and emotional. And all I've ever heard about this game is it's like, be prepared to cry like it's gonna <laughs> demolish you emotionally um but i just think the concept is so incredibly creative yeah and so it's neat to see this like it didn't win any other awards i don't even think it was nominated for any other awards but it came out and just 
like it, it's such a neat category of game beyond entertainment like yeah. it, it is yeah. something you know it, it supersedes that and is something more it's an experience right right I, I think that's such a strong point and it's definitely a game that i feel like i i'm definitely going to go back to it mm -hmm. I, I maybe we should line it up and play it at the same time i don't think it's very that would long be awesome. i don't think no. it's very long so maybe we could do like a spoiler cast and talk all about that one time That'd okay be... i would love that <laughs> so yeah put that in the, in the maybe to happen in the um, I guess one last one for me to point out. I've talked a lot on the show earlier about the artful escape, so I'm glad that that mm -hmm. one artistic achievement. I think it's got, I mean, it it just oozes art, right? Whether the, it's the visuals, or music that goes in, like there's full on concerts in the in the game mm -hmm. in, in certain ways. So it's uh, it's just very artistic. And then the the last one for me, inscription game design, uh, one of the best game design. Um, it's such a special game, and I feel so guilty. I've been recommending it to you so hard. And mm -hmm. I myself only made it about halfway <laughs> and then just kind of fell off playing it. So I'm actually planning to restart my file very soon and go all the way okay. through. And uh, because, man, I was I was hooked for so long and I just one of those things, you know, you just stop playing for some reason. Like, why did yeah, I stop? You just, you this just was get so busy fun. with something else. And yeah. yeah, it does. It does tend to, especially you game pass users. You've got a million games to pick from. The problem. How do you narrow it down? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's nice to see a lot of smaller games in here. I mean, I think we'd be remiss to just point out that Ratchet and Clank took Right. technical achievement and also i think animation so like it was technical you know, achievement and yeah yeah and right. animation yeah and so like you know no one needs to tell you that that game is beautiful that game is definitely beautiful <laughs> yeah well yeah and that's the thing and there's always so much action going on on that screen like it is a technical achievement that there's zero lag whatsoever and it can can handle all very cool game sure. um all right kate so next up we are going to talk about um, an interesting fact about The Quarry, and for those of you who do not know about The Quarry or what that is, this is the new game from um, Supermassive Games, the makers of Until Dawn, and also the uh, House of Ashes trilogy, whatever that, what's it called, the uh, Dark um, Picture Anthologies. Picture Anthologies, so, yeah. These are very much those games that Kate and I love, which are the choose-your-own-adventure style, sort of narrative, uh, quick-time event, like pick-your-path, sort of anyone-can-die games like this until dawn i mean what a game i love that game in fact i feel very guilty it wasn't on my top 25 now that i mm -hmm. am talking about this maybe we screwed that up kate um <laughs> but anyway the quarry is our next game up it looks pretty freaky if you haven't seen the uh, trailer and what's interesting about this one is it's going to have something called movie mode um which allows you to basically just sit back and uh you i guess you pick a few options so maybe you maybe you pick like you know who your favorite character is just to make sure the the choice happens where they live or something well i i think you pick um so i looked into a little bit more because i okay. thought this was fascinating um but you select because in the dark picture anthology specifically uh i think i until dawn was like this too you play a lot of different characters like mm -hmm. you know we compared it to something like um like quantic dream is the other studio that does this kind of stuff with like heavy rain and um detroit and whatnot i think of the two they're my preference mm -hmm. um but in in these ones, like Until Dawn, I think you have a, a wider breadth of characters you typically yeah. tend to play as. Um, and so what you do is you kind of select traits for each one. So you say like, you know, this character, Carlos, I think I, I would personally want to play him a bit aggressive. And then like, you know, Johnny over there, I think he's like a really soft spoken and quiet. Mm. And I think you, you kind of pick like what way you want them to approach situations. And then the game instead of you selecting those dialogue choices when you get there or like you know which path the character would take it just selects it for you based off of what traits you've given each character 
is my understanding. Right, right, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And to me, that's super cool. Because yeah. these are the kind of games that are just as much fun to be like watching as they are playing. And in in, even if you're sitting in the same room, like kind of just, you know, having a good time, making some silly choices and enjoying this campy sort of horror. But it's, it's just such a cool feature. I, I don't know why they wouldn't have done this before. It's probably not that tough to yeah. do. That was my takeaway from it, too. It was like, oh, you know what? Like, it's such an obvious thing to do because, yeah, like, usually you're making choices for the character. And that's a really cool thing because I, I feel like I get really invested um, doing that. Like, especially I, I'll probably talk next episode about Detroit because I've now officially finished it. Um, but like, oh, my God, like, thank you. Um, but yeah, like, I was genuinely so emotional about what was going to happen. Like, there were some choices at the end where, like, I was playing with my friend and you're not, you're supposed to like make one quickly in the moment, mm -hmm. right? It gives you a time limit intentionally, but I'd pause the controller and we'd just <laughs> both be like looking at each other with like our hands on our foreheads and like stress. Like yeah, yeah. I stood up at one point, I paused the game and stood up and like walked around the living room. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't like, deal with this. <laughs> because, like we were so invested in the story and the characters. And then because we'd been making choices for them all game, like it really felt like it was our responsibility to make sure that, they ended up okay at at, yeah. at the conclusion of the game. So I like that aspect of this game, but I think this is such a good way of like meshing. You still get that because you still chose paths for the characters. Yeah. But also if you're not interested in the game aspects and you don't want to have to do hard QTEs and a character dies because you didn't do the QTEs very successfully, um, like you can just kind of skip that and, and just watch it in a more relaxing setting. And I think that's like such a perfect compromise and I love it. <laughs> I agree. It'd be cool. And you could even treat it as like, okay, we're going to watch it, you know, this first time and pick this and then we're going to shift all the characters around and watch it one more time and kind of go. Through. Yeah. I bet you you'd have a pretty different experience. I mean, it's like that. It's like that when you play the game. So you have the yeah. same story. Um, Absolutely. Really cool. And what I just thought about too, that I didn't initially consider is it's amazing for replay. Because in games like that, I play it one way and then I don't want to play the whole game again. Like, mm -hmm. it, you know, you, you re replay certain scenes, especially at the beginning. And like, I don't want to have to like physically do it a second time. But if I could just put on that mode and, you know, change the parameters for certain characters and right. like, I want to see what it's like when this character's an asshole. I might do that in the game and, and watch it that way instead of just like Googling. Different right. Yeah. Choices. That makes a lot of sense. And just kind of zone out or do something else in the yeah. background while it was a scene you've seen. Yeah. Lots of sense. Mm -hmm. Lots of sense. Speaking of making lots of sense, uh, the next story we have to talk about. Epic Games is partnering with Lego to create a new kid-friendly metaverse. So what exactly the metaverse is, I guess we'll come to understand in the future. But to me, it seems very much like, hey, let's let's kind of do what we're doing with Fortnite, but sort of make it Lego. And, you know, <laughs> I know Fortnite does a lot of concerts and, and those type of, like, meta experiences. So, I mean, there could definitely be something more kid-friendly aimed at in like a lego universe kind as well and i think i mean it says aimed at kids but i mean lego is just damn cool you know there was some world you can go build lego like that might be cool to check out yeah 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 i mean the like the barrier for lego is not age it's price right right yes <laughs> the lego sets are expensive one could argue um, legos they... for adults actually <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think kids can afford it to be honest <laughs> so yeah um i mean this is super cool my first thought was like is this just minecraft um but i don't think right. it's a game i think it's a hangout space maybe i'm not really clear on what the metaverse is yeah um but i, I mean think this it's is a lot cool. of things i think it's it's a lot it's you know it's a concept um 
it's an experience. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's cool. And I, I trust Epic. They seem like they've got a, like a really consumer friendly um, head on their shoulders. Like, you know, they give me so many free games all the time. And like the only criticism you ever see of Epic is like, oh, I don't want to use that platform. I want to use Steam. But that's not a criticism of Epic. Epic's a good platform. Right, so. right. <laughs> That's just you yeah. being inflexible and not mm -hmm. wanting to leave what you're used to. Which, I mean, there's an element of that which makes sense, but also like Epic's just doing good stuff. Yeah, they could have a they could have a share function, you know, like Steam Share lets you share your games. Yeah, Epic that'd be nice. Implement that eventually, but otherwise, like these seem great. Fortnite, for all the slack it gets, genuinely seems like a fantastic game, and I I I'm like fully supportive of whatever Epic wants to do at this point. Yeah. As far as I know, I don't know anything. The right, right. Skeletons in their closet may or may not exist, but oh, they I'm sure I'm great. sure they must. But I mean, at least yeah. at least in, like for what they do for consumers, I don't think it's. I mean, I think it's obvious that they're quite consumer friendly. So, um, that's great. And just on the edge era of Fortnite too, I'm segueing to the next and final news story we have. But, um, mm -hmm. I've been playing a lot of Fortnite recently. Um, I'm in, and I'll tell you what got me in, Kate. I don't know if you know this or not, but they've introduced a mode where you can't build anymore. So yeah, there's none of I that going that. on. And without the building in the game, oh my god, I've got some friends I play with, and we are just an absolute unit in that game. Like We win, we won like back-to-back -back games the other night. Um, the second those building goes away, because I mean, when you, when you run into people who know what they're doing, they can build like a whole house around themselves in like three mm -hmm. seconds. Like, you just can't do anything, but taking that away, tons of fun. We've been playing, and I even put a bit of money into it, and I'll tell you why. Because the last news story is, um, as I think we may have mentioned on the show before, um, Fortnite did a fundraiser for the Ukraine um, relief efforts, and they donated um, pretty much every profit towards Fortnite, towards this um, this effort, which was just amazing. They raised $144 million US dollars um, for the for the effort, which is just an absurd amount of money, and very... Um, I mean, it's just a great cause. And so I was happy to, you know, put a few bucks in. I mean, I've never bought anything in Fortnite before, but I was, I mean, I was going to donate to this anyway. So I got something for it. Mm -hmm. I've been playing a lot. It was just a great time. And I feel like positive about it too, because of this. Yeah, absolutely. That's a fantastic thing. And this article is interesting. There's um, some numbers for comparison. And obviously, like, I don't want to say like these other companies aren't doing enough because like they donated, like, insane amounts of money like even one million dollars yeah. is like an insane amount like an almost incomprehensible amount of money um but for comparison uh just just interesting how big the reach of fortnite is and also maybe they contributed higher percentages who knows but mm -hmm. riot so league of legends developer riot donated 5.4 million right um through their fundraising itch.io um did that bundle of games uh, and they raised six million, and then Humble Bundle raised twenty million. Wow, Humble so, Bundle outdid Riot too. That's Humble Bundle outdid Riot. So yeah, twenty million. But like F Fortnite did one hundred and forty-four. <laughs> like it dwarfs all of them combined. Like that is right. an insane amount of money that was raised and then donated. Yeah, well, we were talking about it a little bit because we're like one forty-four. Obviously, just shows first of all, like how much money Fortnite makes on a on a weekly basis. Like we want to talk about why Epic can so easily be like, here's two free games a week. It's because <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fortnite's making absurd amounts of money. Um, the the only thing is that I feel like the number is probably a little inflated to higher than they would normally making in a month just because yeah because people are obviously like me are coming on and buying things which you usually wouldn't mm -hmm. i would usually just play with whatever skins i had and go with that but yeah 
Yes. Absolutely, but I feel like the other ones are like that too, right? Like, sure, you know, sure. Weak players, I'll pay a little more. Oh, you know, I'll buy the skin because it's for the relief. So I think yeah, that's, that's good like point. they're all inflated numbers, and it's you know we don't know like maybe Riot kept half the money and donated, you know, yeah, like right. only half of the proceeds, whatever. But it's just it's just an insane amount of like you know like Fortnite wins like multiplayer game of the year every single year, and this is why it's because enough people are playing that in yeah. you know two yeah. weeks they can make one hundred and forty four million dollars. <laughs> exactly. So, for a good cause so, yeah and uh, <laughs> like i said if you guys are on the fence about fortnite i know it gets a bad rap but without the building oh my god so much fun. honestly that does a lot for me i heard that the other day um from someone i know who plays and I was like, you know what yeah. that that would be like the push that would so get me much to play, fun and sure. you can also like you can sprint now and if you're sprinting you can kind of run slam through doors so it's a lot more mobile and you're kind of zipping up through the sky with a few different things there's just a lot of movement and no building because i think the building encourages you to like, stay in one place right like where hour so now it's like you're moving yeah. all the time there's a lot of stuff going on so i'm having a lot of fun um yeah anyway we have one story left we always like to close out the new show with a sort of a funny story or a heartwarming story so this week i have found uh just an interesting article uh pertaining to elden ring which i have not showed kate and i'm interested to see um what you think <laughs> of this article's opinion uh this is from fanbyte jenny Zhang. uh wrote this back on the first of april so um, I'm just going to get Kate to pull up this number one article I've got uh, right here. Just read the first couple paragraphs, and then we'll put the link to the article in the description of the uh, episode, just so that everyone can go and read the full thing for themselves. But I'll take it. I'll leave it up to Kate here to read uh, this, oh the start God. of this article here. Where did you find this? It's on Fanbyte. I just I was oh just looking God. around. This is so funny. Oh my god. I'm so glad that I didn't know about this ahead of time. All right. This is probably the best um article title I've ever I've ever heard. Elden Ring is a horse girl game, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love the magical immortal horse torrent, and Torrent loves me. It's true, it's true. Um the beauty of Elden Ring is that you can play it any way you want. A fighting game, no problem. Just get one of those fingers and invade away. A role-playing game? Sure. There's plenty of lore to excavate in the main questline and NPC side quests. Perhaps even a wife or two to put a ring on. Rainy, if you're reading this, no, I'm on my way to you soon. <laughs> um, and in between getting slaughtered in hilarious level 15 PvP fights and facing constant death, I've recently taken to playing Elden Ring like a horse girl game. <laughs> Think Barbie Horse Adventures Riding Camp, but instead it's Elden Ring Riding Horse Camp Tarnished Edition. <laughs> Just me and my horse Torrent, Torrent and me. I give full credit to Katie Cronus Varl meme comparing Elden Ring and the various Barbie horse games for opening my third eye and giving me language for how I've been taking Torrent on walks. <laughs> Isn't that just so wholesome? How do you feel about this article? Amazing. <laughs> I think oh, there's a lot going on there's here. There's a lot. Um yeah. I mean, I feel bad because I don't hang out with Torrent anywhere near <laughs> as much as I should. Um, but I will agree he's a good boy. And yes. there's like there's like food in the game that you can give him. And it's supposed to like I think it like heals him in combat. And I spend every minute I can trying not to be on horseback in combat because I just think it's less fun than being on foot. Right. Um you can't you can't parry on horseback. Uh it's kind of a bummer. But what I do is occasionally I just feed him the food anyways. <laughs> I just want him to be Just happy. to be nice. Yeah. So I, I'm 100% on board. If you, you know what it reminds me of as well is um, Grandma Shirley, our favorite 
uh youtuber yes yes she plays skyrim and she like did a skyrim playthrough like as a merchant and just kind of went around like collecting stuff and selling stuff to like other <laughs> shops because like she just wanted to role play as being that's a merchant so wholesome, and just not so fighting stuff uh so it's it, that's adorable very nice so if you want to <laughs> click i left you a second link as well which is that um Twitter thread of the these screenshots that are comparing this right. game and for I'll leave it in the the description for the the video and podcast listeners as well but if you click this this Twitter thread uh it actually you can see the inspiration right like... oh my god it's so funny the first picture that comes up is a picture of like you customizing your Barbie and it just says getting close to completing the new armor set <laughs> she's got like horse riding pants yeah she's got like the boots and yeah my favorite one's that the one of like so there's funny. like a I don't know what you'd call it. It's not a gazebo, but it's like a little stone pillared place with a chest in the middle and she's on horseback. And it's like, this does look like an N64 Barbie horse version of Elden Ring, doesn't it? Like it's, it does. It is pretty, pretty accurate. Oh my God. This is so funny. It's really just to say, I mean, Elden Ring was already game of the year, but now it just has like yeah. Barbie horse mode. It's opened so itself like, up to a whole new audience now. Yeah, of Barbie horse. Exactly. There, there is, there is no wrong way to play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be it for the show today, Kate. Um, I guess we should mention it. If you'd like to to write into us and let opinion on any of these news articles or something we may have missed you'd like us to talk about on the next news show, uh, you can link those articles to us at circlesandsquarepod at gmail.com. Um, or you can, of course, get in touch with us on Twitter at CNSPod. Um, all our links, of course, are in uh, description or whatever you're reading this episode. And be sure to check out that horse girl article because it is awesome. Uh, but until next time, this has been the Circles and Squares News Report. And thank you for listening. <laughs>